Welcome to Buddha at the Gas Pump. My name is Rick Archer, and my guest this week is Mandy Salk, who lives in Hebden Bridge, which is a little town in the north of England. Um, in fact, she runs a little group called, uh, what is it? Uh, Non-Duality North. Oh, it's uh, big. It's big a, a, a big group, a big group, <laughs> especially for Hebden Bridge, it's a big group. <laughs> no, no, it's for uh, all, all of England, and people come from all over and from all over the world to it. Yeah, Very cool. You mean they, they physically travel there from all over the world? <laughs> they do, yeah. Wow. It's, uh, in fact, very few people from Hebden Bridge come. <laughs> oh. it's, it's just in Hebden Bridge, but, uh, huh. you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's been going for about five or six years now, and it's... Um, so it's it's quite quite big. Cool, you know. <laughs> speakers from all over. Scott Scott came. Scott Killaby. Oh, he came, he flew times. over, huh? Fantastic. Yeah, three times, yeah. <laughs> Good, yeah. I, I interviewed him uh, a while back. I really enjoyed that that discussion. Oh, he's lovely. Yeah. I'm listening to all of his kilologs these days. Um, you know, I was thinking you could even do a thing. Uh, you might be able to hook up a Skype thing like this and uh, have guests from elsewhere uh, Skype in, and you could have people sitting there, and they'd be able to see them on a screen, and they'd be able to ask them questions and so on. Um, something to think about. We'll talk about that. I'll tell you later on. We'll get yeah. into the technicalities. But in any case, um, Mandy wrote a book, The Joy of No Self, which we'll talk about a bit. And she says she when she sent me this book, she said that her thinking or way of speaking had evolved a bit since writing the book so I'll be interested in hearing about that and um, we'll have plenty of time to talk about you know there is no one and there is no and it's all just stories and all that if that's the kind of thing you want to say but I would very much like to have you tell your story also because as far as stories go it's a fascinating one I mean you you dove through the window of a car and had this out-of-body experience and that <laughs> and you've had all kinds of other things uh, so let's we'll talk about those things and uh, whatever else interests you and also incidentally thanks to my friend Lisa from Texas who recommended that that I get in touch with you. She said, I really like this lady. Interview her. And I said, okay. So that's Oh, that. thank you, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Lisa. Yeah. yeah. Good. Do you, want me to tell, do you want me to tell you a bit about... Yeah. Where yeah. would you like to start? Um... I can, I can never... I can never really remember because uh, things seem to happen sideways, you know, not linear anymore. So there mm -hmm. isn't a sort of this happened and then that happened so even the memory of something is more sort of sideways it's like a, a loaf of bread with all the slices it's all the same uh -huh. <laughs> it's all in the same uh, loaf you know um so i suppose um I, I suppose I started being a seeker from a very young age and uh, and then went through lots and lots of years in different religions, um, uh, Buddhism, uh, and I'm studying Taoism and Zen and, and all that kind of thing. Um, and uh, I was a Christian scientist for about 20 years because uh, of all the sort of religions in fact Christian science uh, Christian science comes closest really to to the understanding of non-duality that nobody is there um so anyway uh and that but but then but you see it's not then <laughs> because back in amongst all this i had this uh, motorbike accident so uh yeah i was driving along a road and uh, a lady was coming out um from uh, shops in a little mini car and um 
just didn't look at all and uh, I couldn't slow the bike down on the mo the motorbike any uh, slower and I could just see I thought oh right I'm going to die now so uh, I just thought <laughs> I better let go of the handlebars because uh, there's, I'm just going to let go basically there's nothing I can do and at that moment um, there was a sort of feeling of um, being pulled up and pulled up and pulled up up somewhere <laughs> and as as I looked down I saw buildings and people and everything but I could see through them you know so uh, when I started to be able to see through them I just thought oh my goodness everything that I had taken to be so real so solid so actual is just a complete illusion it's just a dream it's completely see-through and I couldn't stop laughing and as I was um, going up and up and up very very worldly thoughts came to me like um, oh great I don't have to pay my bills anymore <laughs> or I, I don't have to finish with that boyfriend uh, I don't oh this is great and then as I went up there was sort of a lot of green light for some reason and, and then a lot of um, well, they looked like trees, but I knew there weren't trees. And in these not trees, there were doors. And I couldn't wait to go through one of these doors. I just knew it was really, really exciting, you know, in there. Um, and uh, and then just then I, I sort of woke up on the, on the road. And uh, what had happened was, like, amazing because my motorbike had um, gone through the back screen of the mini car and out through the front it come flying through it the whole the bike had gone through yeah I know. you I, you I, with it or just the bike well i never know to this day i mean some people said i was on it going through it all i knew is <laughs> that the, the bike had gone through it i was on the ground and the, and the, they were thought i was dead uh mm -hmm. And they took a, a thing and it had gone, doo, you know, and I was dead, flatline. Mm. Um, the car was a write-off and the bike was a write-off. But when I came round, um, I didn't have a mark on me, not a bruise. I didn't mm. even have whiplash, you know, in my neck. Um, Were you wearing a helmet? Yeah, but the helmet wasn't on my head by the time I was on the ground. Got but knocked I off. The helmet probably, you know, did save yeah. my life. But um, I know what it was now. It was that letting go. And what I think happens is um, some people, when they face what they're sure is certain death, somehow know it and just and do let go. They just there's nothing else to do, so you let go. Now, if you do that, something you know that which you are sort of pulls you out of the apparent situation you see when you let go you're letting go of the dream of any kind of reality you're saying to yourself i'll let go but you're letting go of the whole idea of there being a you that can control whether you live or die or whether you can hold on to life or not that's mm. not for you to hold on to life doesn't end anyway just the belief in a life ending so or beginning so that letting go is a very deep letting go i think that happens you know they say sometimes uh sometimes drunks manage to come through accidents uh less injured than a sober person would be just because they're kind of relaxed and out of it you know and they yeah you yeah. know yeah that's true absolutely you know and um you know, I think that's what, that was it. So, and and then you, when you do let go of, you're letting go of that dream of life, and then that dream of life that could hurt you can't hurt you. You become, 
somebody who can't be harmed mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I think this happens to a lot of people when we see horrific accidents um, maybe they, they're not feeling it the way we think that they're feeling it you know I, I knew somebody who was pulled along under a, 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 a lorry you know and, and, and almost appalling injuries and everything um, but nothing really happened to her you know she had a, a, a letting go as well you mm. know it, you can't choose it it just happens or or not yeah. but but then um you know people say to me oh so that was when everything fall away fell away well no 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 <laughs> you know because it did for a time i tell you what did fall away any fear of death there's no fear of death now you know there's no belief in in death or anything like that um and certainly uh, you you can't believe in the things that you see in the same way they they don't hit you in the same way so you can get accused of not caring enough when you see a parent suffering because on some level you're not really buying it you see but nevertheless um that was way back in the 70s and and eventually over the years i went back into the dream of there being a mandy who suffered and everything like that but um well, right after that yeah. accident, did you, yeah. um, I mean, was there a period of, of weeks or months during, right after the accident where you were walking around in a kind of a, an awakened state of some sort? I mean, did it have a sort of a, an abiding uh, influence on you, you know, because of that near-death experience? It had an abiding influence in the way that, like I was saying, there were certain things that I just couldn't buy anymore. Yeah, but, change but your whole perspective, perspective on certain things. Perspective, that's yeah. right, yeah. But, but then what happens, and what a lot of people do, is they'll have a massive experience of something, and then they spend the next 20 years hankering back to it. And of right. course, the more that you do that, the further away you get from any possibility of ever having it again because you, yeah. you, what you're doing is you're actually stoking up the seeking you think i love that i had that perspective so clearly and now it's gone and then but then when you remain open to that um that brings you to meet the right people and the right experiences and the right books and and then through time um that there was a lot more experiences for me. They might have been years apart, but then they started to gather momentum. So okay. there was. Um, Let's talk about them because we have plenty of time, and it's inter- it makes it interesting to hear these. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But, not, lots of little things, really. You know, there'd mm-hmm. be uh, some. Uh, I'm sure it's in common with a lot of people. You know, looking at a tree and suddenly any sense of there being um, a person. That was separate from the tree just totally disappeared, and and um, there, there was just, if you like, me being everything but not being anybody, mm-hmm. and and there was like more experiences like that. Um, and so the, these be like little flashes that you would have, yes, and, and then and they, they would go away again. And the, but then they gathered momentum. So I remember turning over in bed, and suddenly there was there was no arm. It was a see through. It was a see through arm, a transparent <laughs> arm turning over. Yeah. And then um, as it gathered momentum, there were more things. Like I remember driving um, my car on a very very windy uh, freeway, you know, and it was the, the gale blowing, and it was just a little car and um the car was going from lane to lane you know and uh, and and this 
and it was terrifying actually but what happened was the only way I can describe it it felt like I was encased in a wall of absolute terror but in the middle of this terror there was no terror at all there was just absolute peace in the midst of the terror mm -hmm. so things change like that because in, in, instead of when you buy the dream you are the terror you are the whole thing but when when there's it's not even a perspective it it just changes you know and another big big sort of you know uh, falling away or seeing was uh, just one day um, just waking up in the morning you know and there being um, uh, no sense of uh, a person no when, when I woke up that morning nobody woke up um, there wasn't Mandy there it wasn't a it wasn't like an out of body experience there just there wasn't any I mean I could it's not like I could see the body on the bed and I rose out of it yeah it's not like there was a two two entities the the ghost no. man Mandy and the body Mandy and they were That's looking right. at each other yeah right yeah, because people do say, oh, it sounds like an out-of-body experience. Well, no, no, if that's what you've just described as an out-of-body experience, it wasn't that. It was just kind of just being completely omnipresent, you know, yeah. and having no um, station, no no place that, right. that, that was... No managed. vantage point. No, there, there wasn't. And, and that was... Um, th that was huge, that one, because I remember having to think about... It was like being sort of reborn as as a nobody because I, I was thinking how on earth do I you know put my trousers on how do I <laughs> how do I do anything how do I get down the stairs and I, I know I've got I know this in this world there's things I have to do and and I, I remember I had to go to the market and people came up to me and they expected somebody be, to be at home behind my eyes, <laughs> but there wasn't anybody home. So, right. But I had to pretend to be in, in right. indoors. You know, <laughs> I had to pretend to be behind my eyes, and uh, you know that was uh, that was really difficult. You know, so well uh, just because the experience was so new. I mean, probably now when you go to the market, there are people people talk to you and and they presume there's somebody behind your eyes and and maybe there isn't but you don't have to pretend anymore because you're accustomed to this that's right but when yeah. it, when it first happens you know it's uh it's really really weird you know yeah that happens with a lot of these things i think there's a sort of a, a newness and then there's an acla what's the word Acclimatization. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. and and after you've you've acclimatized, then you don't think twice about it. You never give it a thought. It's just like automatic. That's it. Yeah. And also, I think you know, with regard to your earlier experience of driving on the windy highway, um, there's this. I've found anyway that sometimes in more extreme, contrasting situations, you notice the silence a lot more profoundly just because when you're just going along and everything's ordinary, it's, you know, as we say, you've, you've acclimated, uh, things are normal, but all of a sudden you're, you're, you're running through a busy airport or you're falling off your bicycle or you're driving down a scary highway and, and the contrast becomes much more stark. Yeah, and, um, you know, people often think that, oh, you've got to have some great event 
in order to um, you know see this but it, it doesn't have to be like that at all it can be a whole series of non-events really yeah. like like the like they're just waking up that way or mm -hmm. or you know I, I met somebody on a course who um, he, he, he'd never done a spiritual uh, practice in his life he hadn't read any spiritual books he he was a docker he worked with the ships you know mm -hmm. and in the docks and uh, you know he was a very hard working man that had spent all of his life outside and lived in a caravan with his wife and uh, um very lined man with you know being outside all the time he had a skin like leather and smoked mm. like a chimney and <laughs> drunk a lot you know uh. and then one day he was just in the pub and um, suddenly he, he wasn't there anymore yet ah. he was but he just didn't understand now he freaked out because he didn't know what this was and he went out on a bender which is weeks and weeks of uh, you know uh, trying, trying, trying to blot it out I suppose yeah and then finally I think somebody sent him to some spiritual teacher who explained what was going on and ah. uh, you know and and, um, and then yeah and it all fell away because people do ask if you know um you've got to have been an avid seeker but but no it, not in any not in every case by any no, means no not at all yeah you know because um love which is what we're talking about you know that which we are god i'm i'm quite happy to use that word god oh me god too and good. i appreciate yeah. the fact that you use it so we'll talk yeah. more about that but that's great yeah but, but anyway well, yeah well well uh, it, it, God is like this shepherd that wants to shepherd us back to itself. I, mm -hmm. the I am presence, wants to shepherd myself back to me. So, mm -hmm. you know, why wouldn't I want me to wake up and see it? You know, one yeah. one of the things that um, I often say is that when you start to look for that which you are, that which you are helps you in the most loving way it's so quick to help you actually mm -hmm. you know just a moment's stillness of being present from you just yeah. a moment of that um, it's like it opens the curtains a bit and the light comes through and then that light the light that you are God sees you peeking through those drapes and opens them a bit further and a bit further for you almost automatically so love is always bringing you home to it to yourself mm -hmm. and it's 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 actually so much easier than you think and people um that talk about non-duality are often very um some of them are a bit set in the ways about whether you should tell people there's things to do or there's not things to do it absolutely doesn't matter because the thing is anything that you can do to bring your truth alive to you is truth is truth guiding you back to itself one of the things that um, happens is that um, when we're always seeing life through the mind the the microscope of mind if you like our f focus is very sharp you know we focus on things and in a very sharp way so in, indeed we don't like it when things go out of focus if we think things are out of focus we try and fix it straight away uh, which is natural but because we have this sharp focus that we're always aiming for we see objects as very very solid the mm. thing is that you know just sitting and looking into space and deliberately softening your eye focus 
and waiting and just even you know just being still like as it says in the bible be still and and you know be still and wait on god and or, uh, or, or yeah or know that still, i am god or that's sorry so be yeah. still know that i am god yeah now when when we are that still even if you can only manage it for a few minutes and you soften your focus and look into space what you're doing is you are now not looking through the microscope of mind you are allowing that presence to be seen it's so much easier to see that which you are much it's much easier than you think it is mm -hmm. it's just that um it's resting in this space it's having the patience to give it a few minutes because i'm not even talking about meditation or a practice although you could be I could be, but I don't really believe in practices because that's like looking for a formula. As soon as you, I mean, meditation is lovely. It's absolutely beautiful. And why wouldn't you want to do it? Because it is lovely. But that's not what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about meditation as a practice that we sit down for 20 minutes in the morning and then 20 minutes in the evening because that's not going to get you closer to what you are. Because what, what happens when you're not meditating? It's really about... It sticks. It, it, yeah yeah it 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 it's well it 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 it's that kind of doing one thing at a time it's meditating well i don't let's forget that, that that word conjures up this idea of a formula i'm really talking about exactly what i said that whenever you can just give it a few minutes look into space soften your focus and just uh, just wait wait be still and wait on god and god that that which you are always comes it never leaves you empty it always comes because there, there aren't any spaces in this it's like people think they always have to fill the spaces by doing or by talking or whatever but the spaces <laughs> they're already full there's such fullness such abundance and so the minute that you give it a chance, it's seen. It's just seen. And what is seen? Well, when people do this, they'll they'll see it. There's there's a spaciousness that happens, you know. And um, this isn't a formula either, but it, it's something that really ca can enable you to um, feel this presence. Personally, I don't have a problem with formulas and practices. I don't. I don't think they have to be uh, traps of some kind. Uh, I think a person can get kind of hung up in in a certain rigid rigidness. But on the other hand, I think that I know many many people who've done a lot of meditation, and I I would argue that it it has in fact brought them a lot more in tune with you know what you're talking about. So I mean, I'm I'm just more inclined to say not instead of saying not this not this i'm inclined to say yeah this 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 and this you know it's like as you were saying earlier um that loving presence of god wants us to come home and as as jesus said seek and you shall find knock and the door shall be opened and any sort of thing that one does um along those lines it may not be what they will ultimately do all their lives it might be a stage but I think uh, personally I it's my opinion I don't want to be argumentative about it but I, I think that all these things can contribute to uh, an unfolding either gradual or rapid for people and um, you know there's no universal formula one size does not fit all different things suit different people but you know whatever anybody's doing I say you know good on you you know do that and, <laughs> and if yeah, you get tired of, do you get tired of doing that do something else 
No, as I said earlier, uh, meditation is lovely. Why wouldn't you want to do it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just sort of saying that we. Um, I I have seen that when people. I, I know people, you know, that, that live in my area because there's a lot of, if you like, um, seeking, and and it, it, this is a very hippie town where I live, and it's oh. uh, it's got, um, it's lovely. It's got musicians and poets and, and spiritual seekers and everything, but sometimes it's, uh, you know, what I see a lot here is a lot of rigid rigidity about this meditation. Oh yeah. And and thinking that that is the only way. Um, I, I'm, I'm not. I agree. With you no, I agree all. with you. Yeah. I live in a similar place. I'm I mean, I live yeah. in a town of 10,000 people where about 3,000 of them meditate. Uh, it's, mm. the, it's the place where, you know, Maharshi University of Management is founded. Oh. And, and yeah. so there's a lot of people practicing TM here and then a lot of people doing other things. And uh, some people are very sort of easy, easygoing about it and open-minded and, and, and all. But others are, you know, it's a bit fundamentalist mentality, which I think you'll kind of find elements of in any group. And... Uh, you know they may evolve out of it eventually, but there's definitely that, and it's. I think it's. It can definitely get a person hung up. Yeah. Well, yeah. anything can. <laughs> yeah. Anything true. Can. True. <laughs> you can be a fundamentalist, non-dualist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You totally can. <laughs> yeah. I think. I think you can always spot them when they. When you know when they lose the sense of humor, because when you lose your sense of humor, you really lose your sense of any kind of perspective. You know. I well, think we don't have to worry about you, because you've got a. <laughs> You've got a good one. <laughs> good, thank you. Yeah. yeah, but no, but but please understand me. I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't put down any practice. It's just that, um, you, you know, to me, what we're talking about here is that whatever you're doing, it's just you're just doing that. You know. Mm -hmm. Now it, it's 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 quite zen-like in a way, but not not we're not even not talking about mindfulness here, where you know you pick up a glass of water and you feel the weight of the glass and the water yeah. and everything. It's just that you know you want the water, you pick the water, and that's all you're doing. And you find that more and more, um, th this this experiencing of what you truly are, as more of that happens. The, the mind is, is, is we don't want to get rid of mind mind is, is vibrant, we can't get rid of it anyway you know, but it, it, it tends to sort of go more into the background and the foreground so that what you're doing tends to be just what you're doing mm -hmm. and, and, and therefore the need to have a practice of meditation starts to recede, that need mm -hmm. to do something because mm -hmm. there's a restfulness and an at oneness with everything that, you, that you're doing because, because there's ultimately nobody doing it, so uh, yeah. Now, a lot of people, of course, talk about giving up the search and not being a seeker and, and so on. And, and I think that the sentiment behind that statement is that uh, there's, you know, there can always there can be this sort of carrot mentality, you know, the donkey following the carrot where the where the realization is always ahead of you. And th that can go on endlessly. You're always chasing after it. And if you belong to some organization, there's always, oh, if I go on this next course, then I'm going to really get it. Or if I get this new technique, I'm going to really get it. And, and you know, I think that a person can spend lifetimes doing that. And, you know, there's, there's definitely something to be said for recognizing what's in the here and now and, bra and breaking out of that, um, you know, that treadmill of, of constantly running after something. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, to, to me, this is just about, it's completely down to earth, you know, it's just, 
this, this is it. This is why. This is what I mean about sort of any techniques. It's not about doing anything special or ceremonial, because all those kind of things can make you wear a badge. Like I am. A, I am a meditator. I am a yoga person. I, I, you know, I, I am. I am this. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, everything's sacred and it's also not sacred. Yeah. That's why I always sort of say eating sausages. If, if if that's all you're doing is eating the sausages, if that's all that's going on, uh, you know, what could be more um, spiritual than that? Because when when there's only one thing going on, then nothing that no, there's nothing about a you that's doing it. That's that's when we can really see that. Mm -hmm. I remember years ago, um, my husband, who was sort of, um, when I met him, he'd been a meditator for 14 years, and he, he was, you know, way ahead in all this uh, spiritual. Was he a teacher of, of it, or just a, or just a practitioner? No, he's, he's just a practitioner. Yeah, yeah, practitioner really. Mm -hmm. He was just an uh, amazing guy. And mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, one day um, he just ran down the stairs in glee and said, oh, "Mandy, I was tying up my shoelaces, and that was all that I was doing." <laughs> <laughs> At the time, you see, I haven't got yeah. a clue what he meant, and I just went, "Oh, that's nice." Good. <laughs> that's great, you know, the, you know. And now I know exactly what he means. He means that that sense of a person that is the doer had just completely gone. God was tying the shoelaces, you know. That's why I say that God makes the tea. God does everything, you know, mm -hmm. about which you are. In him we move and have our being. In mm. it we move and have our being. Being do is, is the only doer. Mm -hmm. Nothing really gets done. So so when he was just tying his shoelaces and that was all that was going on, um, you know, that, that was the absence of the doer and that was such a joyful moment for him. And, and since then... You know, I've, I've been fortunate to experience that, um, you know, a, a lot. So, so, uh, it, yeah, yeah. So, so, so the, the, there isn't any carrot because this is why I will say to people: there are things that can um, help. That, that you know, help you to see it a bit. Yeah, like, like I, I, I've um, shown people this thing about just not looking so hard through the eyes not looking see this business about not focusing every so often through the day if you can remember mm -hmm. is really good because it stops this belief that you are really looking at something solid that there's something that's you that's looking through this matter to see something else you know mm -hmm. the, the more we can drop that yeah. Eventually, there can be more of a seeing. So, you know, like you were saying, there's a lot of people hang like a carrot this, you know, this enlightenment thing. And many teachers say, and, and it may never happen to you, and it happens to certain people, and blah de blah. But, you know, um, what I've seen is that it's happening to loads of people. Oh, yeah. You know, loads and loads of people. Every second, there's, it's an old fashioned expression, this, a quickening. But there mm -hmm. does seem to me to be a quickening, and yeah. and, um, and 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 also I think it's like a new type of spiritual teacher that they're not like spiritual teachers because we don't really sort of use that word spiritual. What does that mean? You know, I, I don't really know what that means anymore. You know, because yeah. uh, to me, it's God is love and it's completely accessible, um, and it is what we are, and it's as it's it's an every it's every day it's not sacred and spiritual it doesn't need ceremony it doesn't need certain times in the day 
you know but but um spaciousness and and being present when you mm -hmm. know when you are being present you you are you are that presence you know there, there can't be a you being present and you, there's not you, a you being present every, every time it's, there's presence, just presence. There's, that's all it's presence getting through it's like coming through you you know mm -hmm. it's what you are it's it takes you over so that the more that we are present and still when you know whether it's just yes you're doing what you're doing but then you you, you take a step back and just sit and then you carry on doing what you're doing for an hour or two and then you just sit and sometimes it doesn't occur to you to to do that sometimes you can go through days and realize that you've been completely and utterly lost in thought well it doesn't matter <laughs> so what you know um it it, it it none of it matters it really doesn't matter now it's all right for somebody to say that who um sees that it doesn't matter right but when you think it does matter then you think it does matter well nobody can actually help you with that one you know well whilst this is earning earnest belief that there's something to get then until that sort of drops away that then that, that 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 desire is there but i just want to say something about that you see because um what happens is this old-fashioned idea of what enlightenment is is the very calm, quiet, blissful person giving simpering blessing <laughs> that life is like this all the time? And really, you know, so people do have the idea that that's it. And people with a lot of problems come to um, non-duality meetings, thinking that this is the answer and it'll solve them. But the the, the biggest um, sort of misunderstanding that there is is that one state of mind is better than another and this is quite radical isn't it because somebody will say are you telling me that a busy worrying mind is 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 not worse than a calm mind are you telling me that a calm mind isn't better than a worrying state of mind but you see what whatever is arising right at this moment is just the way that it is and it's as, as soon as we push against it and resist that moment that's when all that's when all the trouble starts now um if we're in an anxious fearful moment the the, the worst thing is to crave to be to wish you were enlightened or to or, or to wish for a peaceful moment because the more that you wish for that the more you're coming away from the present moment and you're elsewhere thinking that you're a person that can get this peaceful moment, yank it out of midair, and then everything will be all right. But if anger is there, let anger just fill the entire space. Let it fill every single millimeter of space. Let it be there like a big red cloud. And once it's, because that's what's happening. Most of us try and pull it in, bite our lip, do anything. This causes awful illnesses and we know what I'm talking about you know it can this most of us spend our life trying to get to this other place that doesn't exist whilst we're in this place so you know the worst thing you can do really when all this stuff comes up for you is to try and pull away from it I find that 
if something comes up, if 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 a fear comes up or an anxiety, uh, there was an earthquake um, uh, last year, and um, in, in your area. Yeah, very rare. Well, it's hmm. never happened. Wow. I've yeah. never lived through one. Aren't, I'm very fortunate then, aren't I? You know, yeah. because, because it's uh, t terrible. But, but yes, in my area, it's not. No. Anyway, so totally unused to this. I, I'm in bed, and suddenly the bed shakes like from the exorcist, you know. <laughs> the whole thing, it's the middle of the night, you know. I live on my own. Um, and the, I've got a dog, but the dog was two flights downstairs. Mm. And the pit, I put the light on. So, I, so you see, I suppose for me, what it, what it is, is that fear is there, but it's not, it doesn't seem to belong to me. So mm -hmm. I could watch it. So I stood up, and, and um, it's a really hard thing to say. It, it's like the, it's aware of something terrifying going on, but the terror isn't in isn't in you. It's not in me. So so I'm watching the bed with 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 this kind of mixture of terror and amusement. Watching it go up and down and shake, and the pictures rattle on the walls and the mirrors and everything. And I just thought, like like I did when I was in that motorbike accident. There's nothing I can do. It's completely out of my control. I don't even have that thought now. It's just not in my control, you know. So I just watched it and, and just waited till till it went. And then, and then there is actually no fear because it's like a complete acceptance of of what's of what's happening. So, if so, what what I'm interested in doing with people is. It's it's I'm no use to people if I just stand at the front like loads of other teachers and sort of say there's nothing you can do there's nothing you can do because then what happens is you know people go uh, you know sort of um, well, it keeps them seeking forever and ever but there's kind of is something you can do but ultimately there's nothing you can do ultimately there isn't because there's no you doing it. However, on the level of human experience, of which we are having, otherwise we'd fall over things, chairs and tables and stuff, on the level of human experience, there are certain things that can help to see this. So one of the things is whatever's coming up is to absolutely live it fully. And then when it's lived fully, it's, it, it starts to become seen that there is no you living uh, doing it. So, for instance, um, if anger comes up, in, and it and, and you and you just see it and allow it to be there, just feeling it fully, feel where the vibration is in your body, feeling your whole body as this vibration of anger, like an erupting volcano going whoa, you know, and and imagining that also that the room is full of red mist and that you are seeing red and it, it's just felt fully what happens is it, it becomes unreal because there's no reality to it so, something about that it it gets seen that there's nobody actually behind that Am I making any sense? Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> you're just telling. You're just advocating naturalness, and I think a lot of times people who get into seeking mode and start going to talks and and reading books and so on, they are trying to you know they want this experience. They're trying to figure out how to get it, and very often they take 
descriptions as prescriptions. Yes. You yeah. know what I mean? In other words, so they'll hear somebody describe their state of experience, this, the way life is lived by them, and they'll take certain symptoms of that or characteristics of that and try to appropriate them. And in the process, they become very unnatural. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you were saying in your book, you know, you've run into a number of people who, you know, sort of get on the, the non-duality bandwagon and then they, they become very apathetic and they start losing interest in relationships or in their job or, or other things. And I would suggest that the, the mistake they're making is that, you know, the, the natural state of detachment is not a detachment of our individuality from our circumstances. It's, a, it's the natural state of detachment that exists between universality and circumstances, you know, mm-hmm. between, between the unbounded awareness and the phenomenal world. And, you know, if that is actually being lived, one can be fully engaged. I mean, if we go back to the Gita, Lord Krishna told Arjuna to, you know, established in yoga, perform action. And he, by yoga, he meant established in universal consciousness or unbounded awareness. Go ahead and fight this battle that I want you to fight. And he was not being all peaceful and blissy in, in fighting a battle. You know, that's a pretty intense activity. Um, so I just think it's... Imp- oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, it, it's exactly right. It's, um, yeah, because that's right. Because in, in that book, I was saying that... Um, Often when people go to, to meetings, yes, they see it as a prescription for detachment. And it's, it's not detachment, which is a forced thing, that I believe I can detach myself. It's, it's non-attachment. Now, when non-attachment happens, that is a natural thing. That can only happen naturally, that there is no attachment. Yeah, and, and what, is being at, what is being unattached from what, you have to ask? You know, yes. in, in the ideal state, in the, in the state that you're really referring to here, in the state that perhaps Ramana Maharshi wrote about, what is it that is actually unattached from what? Yes. Well, it, it's it, when people get this idea that, 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 that they've got it about non-duality, then they become um, often quite cold and detached from their, their feelings and emotions but because they think that emotions aren't part of this. Yeah, emotion, everything's part, everything's included, every great, wonderful, lovely, awful, rotten, squalid thing, every single thing that, that arises is, is included in it. And, mm-hmm. and also, very banal things so so many people have um i, I remember um wh- when i do when i do these uh well i've handed it on now non-duality north because I'm, I'm busy with my own um things but but when i was running it and getting speakers coming over and putting putting on these events i, I always um arranged for a meal afterwards so that everybody who wanted to go so it was always a really nice thing um you know uh yeah, it's, it's, um, it was always a nice thing. Anyway, one woman who used to be so much part of it and have such fun um, stopped coming. She she she'd actually come to the events and then take her off, take herself off to this um, place in the woods she'd booked. And I, I know that she loves eating, and I know that she loved socialising and everything. And I couldn't understand why she stopped coming. So, anyway, um, I rang her and. Um, you know, a few weeks afterwards, and I said, you know, why have you, why have you stopped coming? I mean, uh, you used to love the meals. And she said, oh, she said, well, the thing is that, you know, you sit down to, and people start talking about such trivial stuff, she said, and hmm. uh, I just can't be bothered talking to them. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I said to her, but you see, that, it doesn't matter what anybody's talking about. It absolutely never matters what anybody's talking about because there's always a subtext with what's going on 
that and it's all the subtext is nearly always um about love if people are talking to you that's because they want to engage with you if somebody says oh i like that shirt you're wearing or or whatever they're basically saying i love you because yeah. every, every every time that we get engaging is just it's just so it, we're engaging with ourselves you know that's it you know also it's, i would suggest design. that uh I would suggest that enlightenment doesn't necessarily have anything to do with talking or thinking about profound <laughs> things. I mean, an enlightened person could be reading the paper or talking about football or something like eating that. Eating sausages. Uh, 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 yeah, eating sausage. An unenlightened person could be sitting there, you know, talking about the most profound philosophies. So, I mean, the content of one's speech and thoughts it, it has, little, has little bearing on the state of one's consciousness. <laughs> But you get people, don't you, that they've been to non-duality meetings and they'll say, oh, I can't talk to my partner anymore because they just don't get this or, you know, and all that kind of thing. And uh, so, you know, but it, it, it's, it's not to do that. It's really living life fully. Life tends to be lived more fully with all mm -hmm. its rocks and pebbles and, and beautiful bits as well. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, no, there's nothing to run towards. <laughs> really? or, or we're, we're here. <laughs> yeah, we're already here. Um, it's it's so tiring seeking after years and years of it, you know. And and I think um, if a lot of people are seeking, but may, they don't need to be seeking anymore because they they actually see it. But um, some people I've met and they've seen this now that it becomes a habit to seek. Maybe oh, yeah. because they they. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, <laughs> I was a student of Marshi Mahesh Yogi for many years, and and I was like your stereotypical seeker. I was I was really pretty desperate about it. And one time I was standing on a stage giving some little talk, and he was sitting there on his couch, and and he kind of interrupted me, and he said, "Every day is life." He said, "Don't pass over the present for some glorious future." And he went on a little bit more, but it was like, you know, chill, dude, you know, just relax. I mean, enjoy the moment. Don't don't sort of feel like, well, he said it in a nutshell. I thought it was very profound, and that's I've always lovely. remembered that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's lovely. Uh, you know, nowhere to run to, because wherever you run, God's always ahead of you. God's behind you, at the side of you, ahead with, of you. Within you. Within you, you are it, you know, you are that, so... So, uh, and, and whether you know it or not, um, it, it doesn't matter. And, and people that are seeking will say, oh, don't say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, it matters to me terribly. So all, all you can really say to that is, well, how would you be without that thought? There you go, how, Byron yeah. Katie. <laughs> oh, does she say that? Oh, that's, a, I, that's <laughs> part of her... Oh, she's great. You'd love her. I mean, that's one of her things. She, right. she, has, this, she has what she calls the work. And you know, if a person if a that, person yeah. says a thing like you know I hate my husband or something like that, yeah. she she says, is that true? And the person says, yeah, it's true. Can you absolutely know that that's true? Oh, uh, and yeah. and then and then the third thing is, well, where would you be without that thought? In other words, what if that weren't true? What would that do to your world? Uh, and then she eventually turns it around, and and it's it's kind of a nice way of kind of unraveling one's tendency to take one's thoughts too seriously. 
Right, yes. Oh, I remember, you know, um, I've got a friend I think you're having in come to talk here, Jeff Foster, and we oh, yeah. went through some of her stuff once. That's right, you know. But right, yeah, how would you be without that thought? Yeah. And, and without that thought of seeking, you know, you can just in, yeah. enjoy whatever you're doing, eating chocolate, watching the television, talking with friends, you know. That's it, though. That's it. That's all That's all that's necessary. But I, I do want to interject one thing, and that is that... Um, there's there's that old word paradox, you know, which to me means that you can often take the uh, well. Let, let me make make it more simple. Just the fact that you might see somebody doing a spiritual practice, being interested in reading spiritual books, things like that, doesn't necessarily mean they're in speaker seeker mode. They they could very well have found, you know, being having oh, yeah, found having found it. mode yeah. and just enjoying, and it's just something they like to do. Um, so that it's sort of like we were saying earlier about uh, mistaking descriptions of of the state for the state itself. Uh, you know, it's it's it might be easy to mistake a person who is maybe engaged in devotional practices, for instance, as someone who's still you know very much seeking whereas they could very well have been be well established i mean Ram, ramakrishna for instance was said to you know well after his enlightenment to sort of engage in the, a variety of devotional practices and to explore them in, in order to understand the different paths that people go through and a person might have said well why is he doing that you know hasn't he already found it but it's sort of it's just icing on the cake um shankara oh, said yeah. you know who shankara is you ever hear of him he was a, Shankaracharya, the original Shankara, who wrote the Crest Jewel of Discrimination and books like that. He he lived a couple thousand years ago in India, and he was really the father of non-duality. But um, he he said at one point, the intellect imagines duality for the sake of devotion. Right. <laughs> so let let that sink in for a second. <laughs> I just think that you know we all love being around it you know I, I mean uh, when Scott comes to town I love listening to Scott because it's just lovely being in that it's lovely you know listening to people who can talk about it so clearly and oh, he's it's great, just yeah. a beautiful thing to be part of and and a lot of the practices are lovely all, mm. all you know most of them are lovely aren't they the practices yeah. and uh, these days his Scott's latest thing is he's doing shadow work um, you know, because he feels like he needs to sort of unravel kinks in his personality, which might be hampering his relationships and things like that. And uh, you know, I wouldn't say to Scott, "Oh, you shouldn't be doing that, Scott. You're you're still sort of getting caught in the in the game if you're doing if you're doing that, getting caught in the dream." It's more like, you know, great. He's, he's Scott is arguably a very awakened person, uh, and but he sees a need or a, a purpose in kind of in enhancing his personhood which you know he would acknowledge is ultimately a dream but why not make it a better dream you know why not uh, you know why not be a a better person i mean there are gurus for instance who have behaved atrociously toward their disciples and you know gotten involved in sexual scandals and money scandals and all kinds of things and very often just sort of written it off as oh it's all maya or it's all you know it's all just an illusion and i'm not really the actor i'm not really doing this and it's i'm just you know, doing it for your, to help you work out your karma and all kinds of rationalizations, uh, which to me are just cop outs. And you know, it's like those people actually could use some kind of improvement on a relative level. <laughs> 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 well, we all can, you know, we can see this is this myth again, isn't it? That somebody that's, that it's like, if you think, 
you know, this idea of an, the end of the road, you know, this enlightenment, it's the end of the road. But you can't, nothing can be the end of the road because then that would be thinking in a linear way of uh, we're here and now we're here and then that's it now, that's the end of the road. There's no further. I mean, that would be that would be death, wouldn't it? Like, like yeah. real death, you know, of which there isn't any. So, you, you know, that's a dead um, way of looking at things. I mean, because life is always fresh and stuff. And so... Um, and and so the the way that one is or reacts to things um is also a, open to constant change and evolvement and everything it's like you were saying at the beginning that i'd said that the things i'm saying now are perhaps a bit different to the book um they're not really different it's kind of like they've sort of um blossomed out more i think mm, yeah. you, you know um it goes everything goes that way for me <laughs> not not that way it, it's right. sort of it, yeah it blossoms like a, like a flower sort of um this it's like um, i was saying last week if you ever try to clean a mirror you know when you look at a mirror and you try and clean it you look at it from one angle and you think that's it i've got it now but you just t go to another angle and you see finger marks or uh, streaks mm. So then you clean that off, and then you look from another angle, and then you can see, oh, I thought I'd got that. There's another one there. Oh, that's so, a good metaphor. Yeah, however clear you think you've got it, you know, the humility the, the, that's, the, is, is knowing that you can never, ever know anything. Now, some people, even that is a trap to say that, because some people say, oh, yeah, the latest thing is to say, I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> But really, you know, when you realise you really don't know anything, it's such a relief, you know. And, and that's why sometimes I think you can really tell the people who really see this from those who don't, because this is sort of a, a down to earth and a humility, because you just know that there's nothing that you can know, so you can't tell other people that you know it either. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> you very good. More finger marks on that mirror, no matter how you clean it. And every so often you get a few more off, a few more finger marks off, and then wow, there's another seeing. You know, it, it, it's it's onwards. It goes on forever. That's the nature of aliveness. You know? Yeah. And if you and I were to have a talk five years from now, you might say, "Whoa, it's blossomed so much more since the last time we spoke." You know, now I'm seeing it with this degree of richness and subtlety, and I'm able to express it, you know, so much more clearly in this way, and and all that. You know, it's just it's the nature of life to evolve. I always hope for to to express it more clearly. <laughs> yeah, me too. And, yeah. and even when I do these interviews, I always feel like you know my understanding and and depth of experience only goes so far. And I always feel at the end of the interview that I've failed to kind of really fathom the person to the degree to which they could potentially be fathomed and and enable them to really state it. You know, but. We just do the best I we can. I do as well. You know, I just sort of think, oh, God, you see, you see I mean, uh, like, the reason I mention Scott a lot is that he's just so clear and he's just got such a beautiful way of, of, of he's got real clarity the way he speaks about things. And, yeah. You know, and he's done, um, he's, he's done a lot of, uh, a lot of meetings and a lot of uh, things, you know, and uh, it's great. But exactly, you know, when every interview I do, I think, oh, God, <laughs> 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 I'd probably confuse people more because it's yeah. really confusing to speak about and you fall over yourself with every word you say. <laughs> and yet, you know, we could say at the, in the same breath, we could say that, you know, that doesn't mean that you're not dwelling in a state of presence, in a state of contentment, in a state of pure awareness, or what, whatever terminology we want to use. So there's this, all this, this paradox thing, you know, you, you can be 
in a, in a sense, you're, you've arrived home. You, you're at the goal, so to speak. And yet, there is still, you know, unfoldment to to take place. It's it's. Well, yeah, because because you know, um, I'm I'm st I'm still apparently here, you know. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. still And it's still going on, and it's 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 lovely, you know. Um, but I mean, there's 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 an ease because things aren't taken so seriously but it doesn't but having said that um it doesn't mean that things can't come up that that would be painful it, it just sure it's, it's just simply that it doesn't there never feels like to be a, 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 some somebody solid that's experiencing it it's really it's like standing near a fire and you can feel the warmth but you aren't the fire anymore it's it's like um before, if if I was upset about something, it was me that was upset. I'd be absolutely ground down by it. But there's there's not that. It's just it's like the fears all around you, as if as if you can feel heat from a fire, but it isn't you anymore. You don't you don't feel that it's you anymore. Yeah. And 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 the, and this um, this ha as I say, it's happening to so many people, and it'll happen to loads more people, and it can happen to every single person that's listening because it's just an involvement of, um, well, it's a diminishing really. It's it's an involvement of the diminishing of, yeah. of the eye because also if you are a seeker and you are open to this, then surely you know the more that you hear this, eventually, yes, if, of course there are levels like in one way like we hear it on the intellectual level at first you know and, it, and and one can agree with it well first of all you might have resistance to it so but but then if you can get past your resistance then you intellectually understand it mm -hmm. and then it makes a bit more and more sense and it goes a bit deeper and until if you're exposed enough to it and you're interested enough in it um life starts to be at some level it gets deeper and and even even though it might have just started from that intellectual understanding it does there's like you were saying before it can happen in any way to anybody yeah but the way to god is so generous it's mm -hmm. not going to put barriers it's if somebody comes at it through the mind of course you can't ultimately come through the mind to this but eventually when you come through the mind the mind gives up there's got to be a giving up at some point mm -hmm. of, of course we do see people who are so locked into the mind and it hasn't it's classed them and it hasn't let go yet but also nobody can afford to be superior to those people because sometimes those people who are so tight some, suddenly something can just burst or almost like when Eckhart Tolle said he was about to commit suicide and then you know yeah it, the, it just burst open so nobody can judge another as to how near or not near they are to the actual sort of seeing of this truth of what they are you're very right i mean look at your dock worker friend you know yeah, i mean who exactly. who would have guessed gonna say, look at my dog my dog's really got it <laughs> <laughs> got it yeah actually i have some book that my sister gave me about dogs and enlightenment and what is it uh, I don't see it on the shelf right now but it, some beautiful quote about a uh, book with all these enlightenment quotes in it and then pictures of dogs that kind of exemplify the quote really I mean you know that dog what you see is that every moment is just so exciting I mean every single day has his meal twice a day I put the food down and he does this little Ooh! 
He does this yeah. little skip for joy every time yeah. he eats the same food. We go to the same <laughs> park we go to, you know, and he just, just oh, the absolute thorough enjoyment. And, oh, it's just, yeah, just, yeah. I think that's why people love animals. There's this, <laughs> there's this innocence, you know. We, we tune yeah. into their innocence and their spontaneity, and it, it teaches us something. Um, so we, we kind of like, in, in your story of the evolution of Mandy, we kind of left you rolling over on your bed and not seeing an arm or something like that. I mean, are, are there more, uh, were there more significant milestones? And was there any sort of point at which you had a, a major breakthrough, aha kind of thing that, that never seemed to revert back? It, it was a building up with me, you know, it was a building up of more and more of those things until they all sort of gelled together, until um, I sort of realized that, aha, it, uh, it, it, it had all gone. <laughs> but it wasn't, I'm not talking about what you're saying there, it's not a big realization, it was just thinking, I was just, I remember I was cleaning a, um, the, the kitchen surface, I was cleaning it, and I'm and, and it was a bit like that sort of thing that my husband had seen when he was just tying his shoelaces and that's all he was doing. And I suddenly realised, kind of gradually over this session of cleaning, um, that this had been going on for some time, This, this, the fact that there was nothing going on but this. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't sort of realised it. You know, I hadn't hadn't seen that I, had, I hadn't seen that I, I was seeing it now it was it had come so gradually it was yeah it was just a, it was just more and more of these events lots of little events you know like looking at the tree and suddenly not feeling that there was a separation between me and the tree and watching the dog one day and not seeing there was a separation between his jumping and my you see you see at the moment um I'm uh, uh, it's really good. Christian scientists always say, they never say, I have got a cold, I have got boils, I have got arthritis. They always say, I have a belief in boils, I have a belief uh. in arthritis, um, which, which uh, means that you're not really buying the idea of it. So if you like, I have a belief in arthritis of, of a hip and uh, that's completely worn away on one side and is wearing away with arthritis on the other side and arthritis in my knees and things like that. So you're, sp moment, you're speaking of your actual... Yeah, my body yeah. at the moment. Okay. So it's, it, it's, uh, it's having some apparent challenges, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, so one of these seeing things, um, but that, I mean, this has been going on for years though, since I was little, so had problems uh, in that area. But, but one day I remember I was watching... I was quite immobile and I was watching the dog playing in the park and running. I was throwing the ball for him. And um, there was just a, comp this was just one of these moments. It was a complete loss of the idea that I wasn't the dog. I was the dog. I was that playing, that jumping, that running around. I was it, you know, that was just another of those things. Because that was a really lovely one. I love that one. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was just like more and more of these little little seeings the biggest one the big one was the motor by accident and that one um and that was I, pretty early on i mean yeah that was years ago that was in the yeah. 70s mm -hmm. and then in, in it was as late as like the 90s that thing with the bed you know get mm. waking up and there's nobody there you know and then it was just sort of um more and more and more until I hadn't even realised. A lot of people are seeing this now that they, they haven't realised yet that they've got it. Yet, that yeah. they've not got it. Don't let me use that word, but you know. No, that's okay. I know what you mean. It. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, so, there's so, a... so, that's the good news for everybody, though. That's the good news because yeah. so many people say, "Oh, you know, so you you had a motorbike accident. Tony Parsons walked in the park. Somebody else had this." Dog. No, no, no. It really doesn't have to, uh, you know, be that way. There's a saying uh, that you know, there's two ways you can get drenched while taking a walk. One is you can be walking along, and all of a sudden you get caught in a sudden downpour and you're drenched. And another is, and, and this one is probably quite common in northern England, you can be walking in a heavy mist. And after a while, you suddenly realize, I am really drenched. But you don't really know when it happened. You know, you oh, think, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah when, when did that. I get drenched? I, you're just as wet both ways. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and I think most of the people have the heavy mist kind of way of going about it. You know, they just sort of realize after a while, you know, hey, this never leaves me now. And, uh, you know, I'm... I'm different than I used to be. And, you know, occasionally you have the people who have the sudden satori or something, mm. but they seem to be the exception rather than the rule. Yeah, and it doesn't ma matter which way it, it happens, you know, yeah. because that, that if, if your desire to wake up to what this is is so strong, uh, why wouldn't you, which is I, this I am present, why would I want to resist myself, you know? Uh, why would I want to hurt myself or withhold from myself? You know, I can't do that. And the more that we see that that which I am wants me, the, the me, to see this, it's embracing us, it's shepherding us home the whole time. It's just, you know, um, you, you know, sometimes I remembered um, as building up to sort of this whole seeing there'd be times when um that there would I'd, I'd have despair and um so i'd ju just do this thing i said earlier i'd just sit and wait on god but fully expecting that before when i was younger i didn't expect it but then now there was this full expectation that ask and i shall be given immediately Re really within seconds of just softening my focus and just sitting sitting back 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 um though oh, this love would just fill the room you know and a lot many many people have written about it and talk about it just this absolute love it's there for everybody it's almost you just scratch below a little bit below the surface like scratching a little bit of paint off you know and it's absolutely there it's, nobody gives it the chance that's all it's 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 written there be still and wait on god it it mm -hmm. comes you know because it's what you are you can't not be there for for yourself <laughs> yeah one thing i sometimes wonder is you know people who have spontaneous awakenings or they all of a sudden find themselves catapulted onto the spiritual path like like the dock worker friend and you know, a number of people i've like this woman in, in arizona that i interviewed a while back and uh, her, she's her interview is very popular on my site more people listen to it than any other she's a housewife you know living a normal life couple of kids and her grandmother died and she thought to herself you know i wonder what there is after death you know and she never really thought about it before she wasn't a philosophical person or anything next morning she woke up with this sort of funny energy in her head and within days she was having this major kundalini awakening and she didn't know what the heck was going on she thought she was going insane she started looking on the internet she found kundalini that matched her symptoms she thought she had kundalini disease and you know <laughs> but in any case what i find one puzzling or curious is you know i wonder if if people are sort of on the verge of an awakening and therefore 
it just they start to seek because they're on the verge of it or if somehow the the you know a person is like which is the cart and which is the horse you know can a, can a person just sort of say by golly I'm gonna find this out and they start seeking and eventually it comes to them or the two kind of go hand in hand and it's really hard to say which is the cart and which is the horse I don't know I think that's a really interesting question I, I don't know I think both can be true absolutely you know you, yeah. you can feel you can feel completely on the verge of something sometimes or you can feel that things are so bad but you realize that that well who's feeling that they're so bad who who what who is it so bad to you know yeah, like Eckhart, really Eckhart Tolle's oh, thing like you know that. Sorry, yeah, he said, he said, I can't live with myself anymore. And then he thought, wait a minute, are there two, two, are there two of me? <laughs> yeah, and then he, then he had this awakening. Or Byron Katie, this woman we referred to, she was like in a halfway house. You know, she was so totally non-functional. She was sitting on the floor because she, lying on the floor because she didn't feel like she deserved to be in a bed. And some kind of a cockroach crawled across her foot and she had this awakening. And, you know, she ended up becoming this very profound spiritual teacher. It just sort of happened. So you, you wonder sometimes whether people are, I don't know, it's, it's speculative and maybe it's silly to even speculate like that. But uh, it's, it's kind of fascinating sometimes to see these people who have these spontaneous awakenings. And you wonder whether they have prepared for many lifetimes and it's finally blossoming or what the heck is going on. I think that... Um I don't know really because I don't think mine mine's really very exciting to say. Mine's more of just a, um, I, I, it's just a sort of a, a real, real, absolute um, expansion. Really, that's that's what mine. Uh, well, it's not mine, is it? You know what I mean? It's that the, the yeah, experience sure. is 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 of absolute love, and uh, and of God being there all the time. You know and. Um, yeah, Let's talk about God a yeah. little bit more. You know, you've brought up the word God a little bit, and, and that word is a, a little bit anathema in some non-duality circles, but you seem to be comfortable with it. Um, you know, it, it does sort of give a personification to this presence that we talk about. It, it's, it's not just sort of a flat, absolute nothingness. There's a sort of a, a love quality, intelligence quality, and all that. What would you like to say about that? Um, well... I suppose it's because my understanding <coughs> of what that God is is exactly what people are describing when they say being, um, what else do they say, consciousness, awareness. But all these words don't work, consciousness. Well, who is there there to be conscious? Who is there there to be aware? God, translated in a lot of other languages, just means good. Um, but to, to, to me, it's, uh, it's the same thing we're all talking about. It's that life that we are, that I am presence, that... Um, yes, that ultimate—not not a man in the sky—that ultimate intelligence. It's the it's the life. It's life, truth, love, um, which is why I was so interested in Christian Science. Is that they had seven synonyms for God: um, life, love, truth, principle, um, mind with a capital M, not little mind. You know, mm. um, just uh, it it it's what we are. It is that I am presence, but. Uh, because I've always understood uh, God to be like that and not a man in the sky, uh, to me it's just a very easy, I'm very comfortable with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, religions do say that God is um, omnipresent. And if he's really omnipresent, then he can't just be in the sky. He's got to be in the chair and he's got to be thoroughly permeate us. Our, you know. And yeah. in fact, he's got to be that, that consciousness that's looking out through our eyes. Exactly. So that, that time when I woke up 
and nobody was waking up and there was mm -hmm. just this omnipresence i knew myself as that you mm -hmm. know that's that's what we are so not mandy is that just that j just that presence that being so um that that's what it is it's just an easier yeah to, as a matter of fact yeah. that statement be still and know that i am god isn't that the way that goes it doesn't it it do, it's not necessarily referring to uh another person another entity that is that you'll know to be god if you're still oh. it can <laughs> very well mean be still and know that i am god that's you it know? yes that's <laughs> yeah yeah you know and it, and uh there's there's be still and know that i am god and there's something da di da di da wait on god like be still mm. and wait on god there's wait on god i know there's wait on god <laughs> anyway you don't have to wait long that's the thing you know we, we're talking mm. a, you know maybe a minute at the, at the <laughs> most, almost till it that which you are gets the call <laughs> yeah. you know but you can just it it's so accessible that's the thing it's so accessible and um, when this the, you see when you've got when, when people have got a very worrying mind a very very busy mind um that's a luxury that we can't really afford you know when when it's very busy like that um the, the the tendency is to not want to be still at that moment but to be really engaged with the thought and engaged mm -hmm. with it and it's almost like a sick sort of magnet that pulls us down you know pulls mm. us down um but uh, you know that's just another thing that if you can just stop or imagine a big massive alarm clock with those big bells on the side just ringing and just go stop you know and just sit back and just give yourself a second of this soft focus and everything um, <clears throat> and then what happens there, there is an expansion you see this the, the, there's an expansion there that we can always have and it's it's almost like the eye that we are rewards ourselves every time we stop it so every time we just say stop we stop buying into this dream when you notice yourself doing it you do this stop I, years and years ago before I was even knowing anything about non-duality I used to say stop the world I want to get off it's just a little sentence I used to say I think it's from a show or something there is a play or a movie or something yeah that's right so I used to say that and, and, I, and I used to notice how it there was a real sick desire to keep on th in the trap of the thinking and I started to see that it was a luxury that I mm. couldn't afford you know mm. this kind of that hang on a minute I've still got to finish this thought hang on a minute you know it's important <laughs> it's important and 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 I just had to pull the plug on it I started to see I just kept pulling the plug on it until I got used to being able to do that more and more often and that's kind knows? of interesting yeah I mean because a person shouldn't feel discouraged if they hear what you say try to do it and it doesn't work because there's a great deal of conditioning that you know has oh, been yeah, in ingrained hard. in our nervous systems mm. and to just sort of be able to turn on a dime and become a completely different you know function in a completely different way is rather improbable but mm. uh I but, did it it took me years but I did it but you know yeah but you, you didn't do it in a moment it, it oh, took no. you it took <laughs> you years and it, yeah. th that's, that's just the way we're constituted I mean it does take a while to, ch to change ingrained habits and ways of, of functioning and uh, so you know but a, a person just proceeds patiently and diligently and you know with sincerity it you get results yeah and and you may not you may not get results but there's <laughs> no re there's no reason to think why you shouldn't either why shouldn't you know why shouldn't i see myself yeah. why why shouldn't i you know not why should i why shouldn't i of, mm -hmm. of course it's extremely um possible extremely possible you know that 
that that it can it can be seen for anybody. It's an it's I, I'm just an ordinary human being. There's no, there's nothing extraordinary. There's never ex, there's nothing extraordinary about any person. There is no people that are extraordinary. It it's the spirit. It's the love. It's it's mm. that which we are truly are. That's extraordinary. But and like you were saying earlier, I think there is there is some sort of global quickening or epidemic underway, you know, in which uh, it's becoming more and more easy and likely for this sort of thing to happen, uh, wh whether or not one seeks it. You know, I think we're, we're just seeing yeah. a, lot, a lot of waking up taking place. Whereas a couple thousand years ago, you know, it's it's like as someone put it when I was interviewing this, they said it was as though in the in the Buddha's day there was a very thick membrane that had to be penetrated in order to kind of break through to the other side, so to speak. Whereas these days it's been broken through more and more and more and more, and it's getting very porous, and it's it's sort of there's a you know it's much more that the world the atmosphere is much more conducive to awakenings. Absolutely, because I mean, even even on the yeah, on the logical level, that because of like say YouTube, there are now and your website. Yeah, look, look what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. There's more and more and more. We are having what I remember Eckhart talking about years ago, before, before this anything like this ever happened, which was, wouldn't it be great if consciousness came to TV? Well, mm. we have got you know conscious TV. Conscious TV is even on TV. Yeah, and has its own channel and we and all and this site and so many sites. You know, it. So non-duality is accessible to people in the furthest reaches and in the most isolated islands, you know, of, of, yeah. of the world. So uh, I look at my Google stats and there's people all over the place in really little out-of-the-way places. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so, that's beautiful, isn't it? It's yeah. just beautiful. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. And mm -hmm. it's... Uh, happening more and more as people see that that it's nothing special it doesn't happen to special human beings there aren't special human beings and and many for, for many years people thought there were special human beings there there's there's the only special thing is that which we all are that that's what unites it it, it is Everything. That's a very good point. I was just exchanging emails today with a friend whom I've known for years and uh, unbeknownst to me she had had an awakening a couple of years ago which you know, per has persisted, and she said she's only told four or five people. Well, she's telling me because I have this show, but she's she's only told four or five. She lives here in my town. She's only told four or five people because after telling the first several, she got such sort of blowback from people. You know, they they were very skeptical and, and doubtful, and oh, because she's you know ordinary person. You know, she doesn't float two feet off the ground. How could you be awakened? You know, uh, I don't feel like I go into samadhi in your presence or something. And so she st she just stopped talking about it. But yeah. one of the one of the motivations I had in starting this whole thing was to uh, you know have person after person after person who are basically ordinary people tell their story so that people can see that hey I'm like her or I'm like him that why not me you know if it can if that can happen to him or her why not me it's, yeah, you don't you, you don't have to be some kind of Superman. Mm -hmm. that, that absolutely that's uh, that's how it needs to be you now because. Uh, if, if if people have decided it's somebody special and then and then it happens to your friend next door then you get jealousy involved and that blocks the way for people as well oh you know how come she can see it and he can't see it and blah blah blah, blah you know i mean it's, yeah the bible says a prophet is not without honor except in his own home yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know you can't be a prophet on your own doorstep right? absolutely right. you know uh, yeah, it's, it's best to keep quiet about these things. 
Or not. You know, I, I, mean, I have this other friend that I was talking to earlier this morning on the phone who lives here in this town, and, and he's been awakened as long as he can remember, from the age of four, whatever. I mean, throughout his teen years. And these days, his, his experience, he's in his 60s now, and he has such a sublime level of, of realization, such richness and depth and detail. And I would love to get him to come on this show, but he's, he's just very private. You know, he doesn't want to make a fuss, doesn't want to be, you know, live, he works in a factory, he has a, has a family with a couple of kids and um, he just wants to keep it that way for now but there are people among us who um, have profound degrees of realization some of whom have the inclination to talk about it others don't yeah, I mean, uh, it, absolutely. It's just it's just a kind of a, a weird expression. I mean, uh, some some people that talk about this just never stop talking about it. They're writing about it all the time. They're they're blogging. They're 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 writing, 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 and stuff like that. Um, but that it 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 doesn't really happen that way for me. I mean, at the moment, I'm doing I'm doing a book, um, because it's just arising slowly to do that. Doing but, a new one. A new, a new book. Oh, okay. But God knows when it'll be done. <laughs> I'm doing it, and I've got a great editor who's, uh, you know, helping me by, by um, listening to all my recordings and, you know, writing it up and stuff like that. So we'll get that out there sometime. But the, but um, it, I, 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 it's more of just about living ordin an ordinary life for me, really. You know, Chop after, wood, carry water. Yeah, yeah, it is really. So that need to have like loads and loads. I mean, I, I do meetings when I'm asked, I'll go, mm -hmm. it, but I don't really, I'm not very good at um, self-promotion. <laughs> I can't Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you have a bunch of talks on the internet and people see those and, you know, there's th things like this and you've talked to Scott Killaby and Richard Miller and different people and, you know, so it gets out there. We're all doing our bit. And, yeah, uh, I mean, that's it. When when I'm asked, it's just such a it's it's just such a lovely thing to be asked. It's just a real privilege, and, and yeah. it's so nice. But um, it it doesn't. It, I don't sort of seek it, you know. But when it happens, it's lovely. Yeah. And the things on the internet. Um, yeah, if something there'll be one afternoon and something comes up to say, and so I'll just say it, you know, mm -hmm. and hope for the best and sort of thing. Yeah. But um, well, as Christ put it, said, "Don't light, hide your light under a bushel," you know. No, but it's just that it's just uh, some sometimes I will and sometimes I won't. Yeah. Isn't, there's no will. There's no will involved. You know. It just right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all have different functions to play. You know. Yeah. 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 A lot of different yeah. tools in the toolbox. It's great and uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. And and you can't use a hammer to do what a screwdriver is supposed to do. You know. So each of us has something to contribute, and some people hear this voice, and some people hear that voice, and you know, people gravitate towards what resonates for them. And that's I think part of the value of having such a diversity of of uh, perspectives out there and voices. That's why it's so wonderful that there's so many people sort of talking about it now. It's just uh, th there seems to be somebody every day that's sort of blogging about it and talking about it, and it's great because there's so many people, you know, in the world that need, you know, sort of can have other people to gravitate. Like you say, they, there's horses for different courses, you know, and there needs yeah. to be. There needs to be, yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. There's, yeah. there's a rock group in the U.S. years ago called Sly and the Family Stone. And oh, um, yeah. Sorry. Remember them? And one of the lines from one of their songs was different strokes for different folks. That's it, yeah. And, yeah. The, and the name of the song actually was I Am Everyday People, which is kind of germane to what we're talking about here, too. Lovely, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that, that line, huh. yeah. 
Good. Well, this has been delightful. Um, we don't have to end it, but do, do you feel like there's more uh, that can be said, or have we pretty much done justice to what you would like to say at this time? I think I think um, I have nothing else to say at the moment. Just that I've really enjoyed. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed talking to you and having the um, the the space, you know, to to uh, talk about it. It's lovely. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, it's really yeah. fun. I was going to interview Jeff Foster next week, actually, but he's moving to a different house or something, so we're putting that on hold until he gets his thing sorted out. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. yeah. So let me just wrap it up by uh, saying that I've been talking with Mandy Salk. Um, do you have a website? Yes, it's, it's mandysalk.com. Okay, and that's M-A-N-D-I-S-O-L-K dot com. And also I will be putting your photo and little bio and link to your site and everything on batgap.com, which is an acronym for Buddha at the Gas Pump. Um, and incidentally, well, I also have a, 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 um, a blog site as well. Okay, so you'll give me the link to that too. Yeah. And and this this name Buddha at the gas pump actually fits in with what we've been talking about, which is the the you know that in this day and age there are you know Buddhas at the gas pump. There are you know awakened people in in yeah. in everyday circumstances. And somebody next to you in the in the shopping line at the supermarket might be a you know might be a literally a, a Buddha. You know, having realized their Buddha nature, so to speak. Um, friend of mine came up with that name. I didn't think of it. I'm not that creative. <laughs> but in any case, uh, that's uh, batgap.com. If you go there, you will see all 60 or so of the interviews I've done so far and perhaps more by the time you listen to this. And there's a podcast you can subscribe to. There's a mailing list you can sign up for so you'll get an email every time I do a new one. Um, you can watch it on YouTube, Facebook, right there on Batgap, whatever suits you. Um, so... Uh, that's about it for this week. Next week I am interviewing a very interesting fellow named Raven who um, is a trauma and uh, and kind of a crisis counselor in Tucson, Arizona, which as you may have heard, Mandy, we had a tragedy there a couple of months ago of a, a shooting and a congresswoman was shot and so on. And he had to cancel his interview because he had to deal with that many people needing his services. Um, he's had a very colorful life uh, and I think you'll, and also very profound degrees of awakening. I think people will enjoy hearing his story. So um, tune in next week. Uh, sign up for the emails if you'd like to be notified when that comes up. And I'll see you then. Thanks for watching.